Jesus name. Amen. We're going to be looking at the sermon title today, and the sermon title, the Lord will help us. <laughs> the sermon title is Cutting Emotional Ties. Cutting Emotional Ties. Have you ever seen a soldier going for war, for battle? You know, most times this, these soldiers, they have families. If they are not married, at least they have their parents and their siblings. Then the ones who are married, they have their wives. Maybe they live with their wives and their children. And because of the life of a soldier, he's supposed to, he's supposed to always be ready. He or she should be ready for battle at any time. You can be called to go into the field, to go into the war fronts. So he, he lives a life that is, <laughs> he, he's always ready. A soldier is always ready for battle. He or she is always ready for battle. So they are called to service and they have to leave their families. It can be very, very hard, especially for someone who is attached to their family. It can be a very, very hard thing. You see the wife trying to, trying her best not to um, lay her whole emotions on the ground. She's trying to be strong for herself, her children and her husband. The husband is trying to handle his own emotions, but he has been called to duty, so he has to leave. So he has to leave. Irrespective of how he feels emotionally, he has to, because he has... He has given his life to service, so he has to go to the battlefront. He will leave his family and then he will go. And by the grace of God, he may come back to that, that family. So you see, as children of God, we are soldiers of Christ and for Christ. So there's, there are certain times that we'll be told to do certain things and it may be very hard. And you, your emotional attachments it may hinder your obedience to God. <laughs> You'll be thinking, okay, if I obey God now, ha, what would my family think? What would my friends think? What, how do I do this? How do I tell my parents that I'm leaving home to go and preach the gospel? How do I tell my parents that the Lord sent me here? How do I tell my parents that this is the person that God told me to marry? Even when they, they've seen a more suitable suitor <laughs> or wife and you know that the holy spirit is leading you towards the person that they have not picked how do you tell your loved ones that how do you continue continue a journey when the lord has told you to detach yourself but you know that you are so connected to your family what do you do at that point Yes, we've read the Bible. You're supposed to take care of your family. You should honor your father and mother. So does that mean that since the word of God says I should honor my father and mother and God gives me an instruction, I should honor them now first. What does that entail? What does that mean? The Lord is telling me to do a thing and I know that it, will lead, it may lead to a disconnect or misunderstanding. People may not understand what the Lord is telling me to do. What should I do? For instance, let's look at the story of Mary. Young Mary, who, who who the Lord revealed his plans to through an angel, that she was going to be pregnant and carry the Lord Jesus. At a young age, she was engaged, betrothed, but not married. 
What would that mean for her? Think about it. Can you imagine any of your young cousins telling you that the Lord said, I will carry the Lord, Jesus, the Messiah. Your young cousins that is not married, maybe they have someone who wants to marry them. It's going to sound very stupid. You may, you, you may, you may insult that cousin, right? But this was Mary's, this was her story. This was her story. And you see, she embraced the will of God. How many of us are willing to embrace the will of God? Irrespective of what that does to the plans, in quotes, that we have for our lives. How many of us are willing to be put to shame if it means obeying God? Because you see, shame was going to come with Mary's surrender to the will of God. Shame was going to come. She was going to, somehow, she was going to be ashamed. Because even the one that she was engaged to, the one she was betrothed to, because he was a nobleman, the Bible tells us, because Joseph was a nobleman, he quietly wanted to divorce her, to cut ties from her. Because it doesn't even make any sense. You are pregnant, you are telling him that what the Holy Spirit came upon you, how you are carrying the Messiah, how I'm supposed to be married to you and you are telling me you are pregnant. And this guy, of course, was broken by that kind of news. Who wants to hear that? And he planned, because he was such a nobleman, he had made the decision, I will secretly let this babe go. How can she be telling me this kind of story? Am I a fool? And you see, God being so amazing, he didn't just reveal it to Mary because he knew that the consequence of revealing it to one party is such a heavy news. He revealed it to Joseph too. So the both of them could bear this cross. They had to carry it together. One person couldn't carry it alone. He knew she also needed Joseph in this, in, for this assignment. So he revealed it to Joseph and Joseph didn't divorce her. He didn't disconnect himself from her. Do you know what that would have done to their families? A pregnant young girl, not yet married. But you see, the way of God sometimes does not tally with the patterns of man. Most of the time it doesn't tally. So the Lord can tell you to do a thing that will mean that you have to be strong. Your heart has to be so strong to obey him and not too soft to be broken by the opinions of men. There are certain times the Lord will tell you to do things. Would you obey the Lord or would you yield to? What would they say? What would people think of me? What choice would you make? What choice would you make? Because as you continue to grow in Christ, first, he will take you through shallow waters. Because that's what your faith can handle. So he will, he will take you through shallow waters. That's what your faith at that time can handle. You just be walking on shallow waters. Before you know it, you, you start to walk on deeper waters. So as you grow, the assignment gets bigger. As you grow, you need to get stronger in faith. But if you are still connected emotionally to things that you, that thing becomes more of an idol than a blessing. You will disobey God. We're going to look at the word of God. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis 13. We know this story. Abraham and Lot. We know this story. Genesis 13. I'll be reading the AMPC version. The Amplified Bible Classic Edition. Genesis 13. 
Genesis 13. From verse 1. Okay, let's start from verse um, 5. From verse 5. But Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So, you know that Abraham, when the Lord called him to leave, he left with a lot of things, possessions, his servants, so many things. And Abraham was not a poor guy. It was kind of wealthy for him to have so much possessions. And he went with his nephew. It's his nephew, right? I think his brother's son. He went with Lot. From Genesis 12 is stated here. Abraham went with Lot. <coughs> Sorry. Abraham went with Lot. And you see, Lot also had his own possessions. Lot also, yes, Lot was his brother's son. Lot also had his own possessions. And from verse 5, you can see, but Lot, who went with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to nourish and support them, so they could not dwell together, for, the, for their possessions were too great for them to live together. So they had too many things that, it was even the things that was causing the problem. They had so many things. There was no, it couldn't, the land they were staying could not even contain them anymore. Verse 7, And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites, Perizzites were, and the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling then in the land, making fodder more difficult to obtain. Verse 8, So Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife, I beg of you between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are relatives. Verse 9. Please take note of that. We are relatives. We are going to go through it. It's, a, it's very important. But we are For we are relatives. Take note of it, please. Verse 9. It's not the whole land before you. Separate yourself, I beg of you, from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you choose the right hand, then I will go to the left. Verse 10, and Lot looked and saw that everywhere the Jordan Valley, that everywhere the Jordan Valley was well watered. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it was all like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. So, um, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zohar. Then Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and he traveled east. So they separated. To the separated. Verse 12. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and dwelt and Lot dwelt in the cities of the Jordan Valley, and moved his tent as far as Sodom and dwelt there. But the men of Sodom were wicked and exceedingly great sinners against the Lord. Verse 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had left him, take notice, after Lot had left him, after there was a separation. Then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had left him, lift up, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your posterity forever. And I will make your descendants like the dust of the earth. 
so that if a man could count the dust of the earth, then could your descendants also be counted. Arise, walk through the land, the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelt among the ox or terebins of Mamere, which are at Hebron, and built there an altar to the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let that sink in. Now open your Bibles to the previous chapter, please. Chapter 12. So open your Bibles to chapter 12. Open your Bibles to chapter 12. Very good. Let's look at the instruction of the Lord to Abraham. So you understand why he said, take note of relatives. Genesis 12, verse 1, the same Bible translation. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abraham, go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I'll bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished and you'll be a blessing dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you and curse him who curses you and curse him who curses you or uses insolent language towards you. In you will all the families and the kindred of the earth be blessed and by you they will bless themselves. So Abram departed as the Lord had directed him and his and Lot his nephew went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the person's servants that they had acquired in Haran. And they went forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the locality of Shechem, to the oak of, or is it Tere, Terebinth, tree of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. I want us to stop here. You see, there are some times that the Lord will send you on a journey. You can't go with everyone. You must be very clear with the instructions of God. Very, very clear. God doesn't... He doesn't need us to add a, a comma or a dot to his instruction. He needs us to obey it to the last full stop. God was very clear with his instruction in verse 1. He said from your relatives and Abraham took his relative. He took lots. And the next chapter we can see that him taking Lot brought strife. It introduced strife in the journey. Now the question is what emotional tie is stopping you 
from obeying God. Because sometimes you can be so tied to a thing that it starts to determine the progress of your journey with Christ. How you obey God. You heard clearly what God told you, but you are too tied to a thing that you can't let it go. Now, one would think, oh, but Sylvia, sometimes you know that it's not easy. There are some things the Lord tell, tells you to do, but how do you cut off from it? Okay. For instance, let's say you have a best friend. You guys grew up together. You're very close. But it's time for you to serve God. God has asked you to be a minister for him to his people. This is a scenario. And you know that your best friend is not saved. You've been praying for this best friend and you're preaching for your best friend. But you know that every time you think of obeying God, you start to think of, maybe the person is being your roommate. Oh, the person think of me. She really think I'm mad. How would I tell the person that the Lord told me to go somewhere to come preach? Oh, there's some people that do what they call it. Is it morning call? People that are on the streets that preach very early in the morning. You know, that's a very, very big task. <laughs> it's a very big task. There's someone here in the fellowship that does it. Joshua. I don't know whether he still does it. I, I still pray that he's obeying God. Joshua, just, is it morning cry or something like that? I forgot what they call it. They wake up in the morning before anyone and they are crying on the streets, declaring the word of God. Joshua does it. I remember when he asked um, for support for the instruments he was using. At that time, he didn't have much. He does it. You know that kind of assignment? You know the people I'm talking about? You hear their voices, especially in this part of Africa where I live. I know some people don't live they are not based in Africa, but this part of Africa where I live, there's some people that do that. You wake up in the morning, especially in Nigeria, and you just hear someone preaching in one corner. Some people are called to do that. Some people are called to do that. How do you obey that assignment if you are always thinking of what will people think about? Hey, how would I tell my friend? You know, for instance, now let me give you an example. Lagos in Nigeria, the insecurity is crazy. There's so much insecurity in Lagos. From the ritual killings to the robbery to the kidnapping, everything is just going haywire when it comes to haywire when it comes to security. But we declare that the Lord will stabilize the security in Lagos in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyway, imagine God tells you at your life, you're going to be going every morning to the street corner to declare my word to people. Wake up every 5:30 a.m. in the morning and go to the street corner. And let's say Diola is living with her family. I should go take their appearance and say she didn't come out at that time to go and preach. They will ask her, is there any other, isn't there any other way you can serve God? Especially if your parents are believers. Why do you think that that's the only way you can serve God? And you say, but I heard God clearly. But how, why do you think? Why do you think that that's the only way? And you know, there's a possibility that Diola would disobey God. Why? She doesn't know how to cut emotional ties when it comes to obeying God in regards to that matter. So what she would do is and what my parents said it's not secure, it's not safe and I can, well I can still serve God the way I'm serving God so she has clearly and bluntly disobeyed God. 
while she's trying to logically reason it, the instruction of God. That's why I said you need to be very careful about staying in a place of trying to understand God's instructions. You end up failing. You end up disobeying Him. You need to know how to emotionally detach yourself from things. Let me tell you the truth. You see this waka, this journey, my husband and I, my daughter. Uh-uh. You think it's easy? Just when we start to make friends and settle in the land, for the past couple of months, more than a year, we've been moving. I can't count how many times we've moved. And there's a possibility we're moving again very soon. You think it's easy? Immediately you're trying to settle, you've had friends, you are knowing the land, everyone, you, you, you start to make emotional connections. You just, up. the Lord tells you, it's time to leave again. You think it's an easy thing. But I've come to the point where my husband and I have come to the point where we pick the counsel of God over the counsel of men. It doesn't matter even if we have to break our hearts to do what God tells us to do. We have to do it. Even if it means emotionally disconnecting from certain things. It doesn't mean that there will still be no love. But the truth is that what God tells us to do is more important. Let's give you, let's look at an instance in the Bible. Jesus. You think going to the cross was quite, <laughs> you think it was an easy decision for Jesus. We've read how he wept in the garden of Gethsemane. So much was going to be involved. There was going to be at a point a separation from him. As I said, why have you forsaken me? That separation was in everything. He, Jesus declared it with his own mouth that the Lord had forsaken him. That's a big deal. Then he was, for a while, he was going to be cut off from his disciples. He was going to, he had already seen what was going to happen to them. You think Jesus didn't see the persecution that happened after his death to his people? He saw it. He knew everything. He knew what the next step was going to bring forth. Yes, salvation, but there was, there's going to be a lot of persecution for those people. He knew the pain was going to go through. He knew that part where he would cry out, Lord, what has done forsaken me? He knew that he had to go and defeat, conquer the devil. He knew what was going to... That cry was more than what we think of. But he still did it. At a point he said, Father, take this cup away from me. Just like we humans would approach the matter. But surrender to the will of God at the end. Are you willing to emotionally cut ties to obey God? Because a lot of Christians are disobeying God because they are familiar with a thing, a person, a church, a community, a place. They are too emotionally connected to things that they cannot disconnect to obey. For instance, the Lord tells you, step out of your church. You've grown there. You've served there. Now it's time for you to go to the next level. But you say, Father, how do I tell my pastor? So you sit there in disobedience. And in your mind, you are pleasing God. But meanwhile, you're spending years displeasing Him. There is no honor. There is no honor. Even if it's the house of God you're serving in, there is no honor. And there is no reward for your service. Why? Because you are bluntly walking in disobedience. He has told you to move, but your feet are grounded there. So, if you like labor for five years, you will get a reward for that labor. Why? 
the Lord gave an instruction that you have not yet obeyed. Lot was still with Abraham, there was strife. Look at that chapter 13. Just look at it. Hmm. Let's look at it again. Where is that place where first verse 14 after they had separated, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had left him, take note of that. Verse 14. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had left him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your posterity forever. There was a, there was a reward for the separation. This would not have happened if the separation had not have happened. What are you still clinging on to that the Lord has told you to let go of? You are emotionally attached to that thing. It may be a lifestyle. God has told you, you need to trust me and let go of that. Because I want you, all of you, not just a bit of you, not the 80% you are giving me. I want a 100% of you and exceeding that. So, you know, some people give 100% of their tithes, not 10% of their income as tithes. <laughs> some people give more than 10%. So, a lot of people are still battling with 10%, and many people are giving more than. Sometimes we're battling with giving God some hours of the day to serve Him, and some people have given Him everything. Maybe He's calling you, I want more. And you're saying, but Lord, you know, you know, you know what? Is it not the Lord? Then why do you call him Lord? Yesterday, um, during the discipleship, we had a discussion class. There's a discipleship class going on. And we had a discussion class yesterday. And we we're talking about the meaning of Lord. The gravity of calling someone Lord. Do you know what it means to call a person Lord? If you're not ready to submit to a person, don't call that person Lord. Don't call Jesus Lord if he's not really your Lord. Because when a person is your Lord... When Christ is your Lord, you say yes to every single thing without batting an eyelid. You are prompt to obey him. You are prompt to submit, to surrender, to sacrifice, to die to self. Now let's see what Jesus said about this matter. Because we've read the Old Testament. Although the, soul, the same Bible is one, it's all about Christ. So whether you read the Old or the New, it's all about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. He's the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He's Jesus. He's, he's the Bible is all, So if you want to hear a part of the Bible, I say, no, that's not, it doesn't apply in this age. Who told you? Did Jesus, did Jesus change? If God doesn't change, then his Word doesn't change, please. So let's stop that logical argument because it's not scriptural. The Word is the same. It's one. It's now application. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. So let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew verse and uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. I'm reading the ERV. I think ERV is easy to read, right? ERV is easy to read version. Yeah. Let's look at 21. We start from verse 21. Matthew 16. The Bible says, From the beginning, Jesus began telling his followers that he must go to Jerusalem. He explained the older Jewish. He explained that to the older 
he explained that the older Jewish leaders, the leading priests and the teachers of the law would make him suffer many things. He told his followers that he must be killed. Then on the third day, he would be raised from death. Peter took Jesus away from the other followers too talk to him alone like jesus is his guy now you know most times you can get very familiar with god that we think god he's my guy <laughs> the lord is revealing something to you or giving you an instruction and you start to tweak it because god is your guy so this is what peter did familiarity crept in and he decided to caution the lord hey if only we understand what the lord means so let's continue peter took jesus away from the others to talk to him alone he began to criticize him and we get to familiar with God. God tells you, Adiola, I want you to do it today. Say, no, but Lord, you know my heart. Maybe I'll do it on Wednesday. Wednesday, I'm free on Wednesday. We get to familiar with God. And we start to do God like, this my guy. It's just my neighbor. He began to criticize him. This is what the word says. Peter criticized Jesus. How does that even make any sense? When you step out of place, because you get to familiar with God. So he began to criticize him. The Bible says, he said, God saved you. God saved you from those sufferings, Lord. That will never happen to you. Then Jesus said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. You are not helping me. You don't care about the same things God does. You care only about the things that people think are important. Then Jesus said to his followers, if any, please take note of this. If any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Can we embrace this as Christians in this age? Because truly, if you know all the... See, eh, some quotes eh, online can lead people to hellfire. Because yeah, the English is too sweet. You know when you are still trying to learn English like me? The English is too sweet. And then someone just pushes out a post. We want fine babe that looks so clean. And you're like, oh, what do how do people say word, 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 word? They're tapping into word. Which word are you tapping into? See what the Bible says. If any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Is that what the Bible is that what the world is telling us now? No, it's against the sermon of the world. Let's continue to read. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. This cross has been repeated in several parts of the Bible. There's a cross that is given to you when you become a follower of Christ. So don't ever think that when you become a follower, you don't have a cross. You have a cross, but you see, it's not as heavy as the cross of the world. As I said, my burden is light. There's, there's a burden, but there, my burden is light. It's lighter than the burden of the world. But there is a cross. So you have a responsibility as a follower of Christ. And in that cross, part of it is persecution. You must be able to carry it. Part of it is perseverance. You must be able to carry it. You must walk in love. Even when people are making things hard for you, you can't understand why some people are so difficult. But yeah, you still show them love. So let's continue to read verse 24. Then Jesus said to his followers, if any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. Let me make another, um, share another point with you. You see those goals you write at the beginning of the year? Does that tally with what we just read? 
only what you want. You write down your goals. You better align your goals with the will of God. If God didn't tell you to write those goals, you better take them off that sheet you wrote them from. You wrote them on. Ask God what your goals should be in, at the beginning of the year. See, his, his plans are better than your plans. If you can catch what God is telling you, you'll be okay. Because it's far better than the one you will write. The one you will write will come and start a problem, all these things. But you see, the one the Lord will tell you, it will be more beautiful than the one you will ever write on that sheet of paper. If any of you want to be my follower, you must stop thinking about yourself and what you want. You must be willing to carry the cross that is given to you for following me. Any of you who try to save the life you have will lose it. But you who give up your life for me will find true life. It is worth nothing for you to have the whole world if you yourself are lost. You could never pay enough to buy back your life. The Son of Man will come again with his Father's glory and with his angels. This is what we for. Praise God. The Son of Man will come again with his Father's glory and with his angels. He will reward everyone for what they have done. Believe me when I say that there are some people standing here who will see the Son of Man coming with his kingdom before they die. Praise God. Now let's look at another part of the scripture that points to this. Luke chapter 14. Please open your Bibles. We'll conclude with the scripture. Luke chapter 14. Please open your Bibles. We'll conclude with the scripture. Luke 14. I'll start from verse 25. I'm reading the year of version. 25 to 33. Many people were traveling with Jesus. He said to them, if you come to me but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. You must love me more than your father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even more than your own life. Can we stop there and let this sink in? This is what Jesus tells us. It's not Pharaoh that said this. It's not Herod. Is the Lord Jesus, our Lord. He said, many people were traveling with Jesus. He said to them, if, this is Jesus saying, if you come to me, but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. That means there must be a disconnection when it comes to service. It doesn't mean that you will not love, but you see, you understand that there is a Lord now over your life. The Lord has the final say. We sing that song a lot. Who has the final say? Jehovah. Are you for real? Do you do you mean what you say when you sing that song? Does he really have the final say? Does he call the shots in your life? Or there are still some people that can tweak his instructions or make you prompt you to disobey God. Be very careful about raising idols before the Lord. The Bible says that you shall have no other gods before me, right? That's the first commandment, she, in the Ten Commandments. I use having gods, small letter G, gods. People who call the shots above the counsel of God. Because you should have no, you should have no other God but him. He must be number one, the Lord of your life. He must be calling the shots. And when he gives you a counsel, maybe the Lord gives you an instruction. Ask him for wisdom. He will tell you how to manage situations. 
sometimes you tell you you have to you just have to be straightforward and be blunt about what i tell you to do you have to be strong soldiers are strong you have to be strong you have to be strong you have to obey god it doesn't mean that you will be a tyrant no you'll be a soldier for christ so the commander gives an army the lord of the angel armies gives a command sorry he gives a command and you follow suit you obey that's how it should be what does the lord tell you to do today you run with his instructions you run with his instructions he says, if you come to me but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. You must love me more than your, your father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even more than your own life. Whoever will not carry the cross. Take note, that cross is mentioned again. There's a cross that is given to people who follow Jesus. Verse 27, whoever will not carry the cross that is given to them, when they follow me, cannot be my follower so don't think you, when you start to be i'm a christian you don't have anything to bear oh my darling my darling brother and sister in christ you have a cross that is given to you as a believer you have a cross it's for those who follow christ because there are many things that will come against you or if they did this to jesus they're going to do it to you and it's part of the cross whoever will not carry the cross that is given to them when they follow me, cannot be my follower. If you wanted a, to build a house, sorry, if you wanted to build a building, you would first sit down and decide how much it would cost. You must see if you have enough money to finish the job. If you don't do that, you might begin the work, but you would not be able to finish. And if you could not finish it, everyone would laugh at you. They would say, this man began to build, but he was not able to finish. If a king is going to fight against another king, first he will sit down and plan. If he has only 10,000 men, he will, he will try to decide if he is able to defeat the other king who has 20,000 men. If he thinks he cannot defeat the, the other king, he will send some, uh, some men to ask for peace while that king's army is still far away. It is the same for each of you. You must leave everything you have to follow me. If not, you cannot be my follower. These are the words of Jesus, not mine. Praise God. Are you ready to forsake all for Christ? It may mean letting go of a lifestyle that does not give him glory. It may seem like a lifestyle that is good to people, but that is not the plan of the Lord for you. It may be a relationship that you are in, that you know that you know the Holy Spirit has been telling you, He's been convicting you. That is not of me. It may be that. It may be a friend. It may even be a friend that is poisonous to your marriage. And the Holy Spirit has clearly told you, cut every emotional tie with that person, but you are still holding on strong. It may be a job, a business. It may be a Christian gathering. It may be a church. It may even be pulling you under the out of the shepherding of a particular servant of his. Yeah, of a pastor, it's possible. It may be a physical location. Whatever it is that God is telling you to let go, please, you must be willing to cut ties with that thing and let go. You must be willing. Some of the things that you're holding on to 
will destroy your work with Christ if you keep holding on. Until Abraham and Lot separated, that promise was not revealed. Obey God today. I remember when the Holy Spirit told me to let go of one of my friends. That was the last thing holding me back from growing in Christ. She was a terrible friend to me. And I kept convincing myself I wanted to lead her to Christ. But every time she would pull me back into my old sinful lifestyle. One day, I even bought her a Bible. I was trying to convince myself. <laughs> I was deceiving myself. One morning, it was the morning, the Holy Spirit wanted me. In fact, by my native name, just to show, show you how serious it was, she can let her go. She's not your cross. She's not your work. The minute I let her go, I started to blossom in God's vineyard. I started to serve God without shame. I wasn't, I didn't have to feel like I was on call. Because then, when I'm going to church, if I stop by at her place, I'll never go to church again. Or even if I still make it to church, she'll make me feel like a fool for serving God. I was still trying to surrender to Christ. It was a struggle. And she was the last thing holding me back. Some of you are still holding on to, you're emotionally tied to things that are destroying you. I keep wondering why there's so much problems in your life. There's one thing you've not let go of, and you know. It may be a lifestyle. It may even be your phone, the kind of phone you're using, and your access to the internet. It may be a person you're following. Some of us are following very toxic people on Instagram and Facebook. Even on WhatsApp, every time you see their contents, it sows a seed in your heart and you start to wonder why maybe you are sexually aroused during the day. But you, you looked at something. You, your eyes beheld something. So you are feeding yourself poison and wondering why you are having belly, stomach pain. Today, I urge you, go through your follower, your list of the people you are following. You need to start on following some accounts that poison to you. They may be funny. They may be pushing out funny content, but that funny content is killing you. You laugh at it, but you've consumed something else. A man that is almost naked, a sex scene, a woman with big boobs. You know that what you are eating is killing you, but you're still eating it and complaining of stomach ache. Some accounts on WhatsApp, you need to block you need to stop yourself from seeing their status because every time, you know you're dealing with masturbation, but you're exposing your eyes to things that make you want to masturbate. What? So why, why are you complaining that it's a problem? It's not a problem. It's a lifestyle you like. It's a lifestyle you need to, there are things you need to start to deal with from the roots. It's not the fruits that is your problem, it's the roots. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And as you ask him to guide you, please make sure that you obey him. He will help you. I do pray that this message goes forth and it blesses someone. And the things you need to cut emotional ties, you need to cut ties with emotionally, that the Lord will give you the strength to do that and obey you. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will help you in all things. And as you journey with Christ, you'll find encouragers and helpers along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't belong to any Christian any church family, I want to encourage you, please make sure you belong to a church family. Become a member in the church that the Lord has planted you in. 
need your church family you need your church family become a member and start to serve God there there'll be a time you will understand why become a member of a church that the Lord would lead you to or has led you to and start to serve God there have a church family don't be a loner don't live in isolation it never helps anyone the devil will attack you and destroy you he will attack you I do pray that the Lord will help you as you journey with Christ in Jesus name God loves you so much please don't forget to lead the soul to Christ don't forget to lead the soul to Christ encourage someone today and don't forget to fellowship with the brethren this morning have a blessed everyone bye bye Thank you. Bye-bye.